We've got a, a better chance of my cat not freaking out um, today. Just because. What, what's changed? Um, I uh, so we got a cat to walk into the garage, you know, and then I have uh, cracked the garage door up, a, you know, a couple feet, so the cats can kind of come and go. Yeah. And the raccoons. And she, and, yeah. uh, and the rats. Yeah. No, those. Th- that's a one-way trip for the raccoons. Okay. <laughs> and the cats should take care of the rats. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's a circle Problem of solved. life, I think. Got it all mm-hmm. figured out. The circle of life. <laughs> Do you ever get like this? The the neighborhood cats just come on in. Well, I have seen other like I open. I've had it like where I've opened the door from the house to go into the garage, and there's some cat that's not mine like, standing <laughs> in the garage. Um, and. You know, that was a little awkward, but they just took off, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, the bad, And the reason I don't leave it like that all the time is because the cats occasionally will bring in, uh, you know, what they've killed into the house through the, the cat door. and uh, or, or maybe it's not what they, you know, maybe just something they've captured and then they put down the, you know, the mouse or whatever and it just starts, you know, running around. And <laughs> Even better. Yeah. yeah. And then it runs behind the refrigerator. Yep. Oh, I've done that before. Yeah. Chipmunk in the you've house. Been, you've been in behind the fridge? Or? Oh, and I've also <laughs> dropped the chipmunk behind the fridge. Oh, yeah. So that my owners couldn't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Wee! I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fired. That train is off the track. <laughs> I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch in unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is July 12, 2020. This is episode 458. This show, we're going to discuss the return of the NBA in the bubble, uh, the Pacers' schedule, and uh, Victor Oladipo's status for the rest of the season. And, of course, we'll have a stat of the week. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? It's been too long. Good to see your face. Uh, faces. Multiple. There's multiples of you. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the in-laws. Um, it's been a week up in Cape Cod. Boy, it's nice to be someplace where in the summer it's not a 1,000% humidity and 90 degrees. That's a pleasant way to have a summer. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a it's been like that here too. It's it rains almost every day. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. I'm living in Florida, apparently. <laughs> F- 
from Indianapolis, Indiana. He's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, we've missed you. Uh, it's thirsty whatever day. Drink up. Um, also, a quick shout out to uh, dear friend and fan of the show, Brian Pickett, who won uh, this year's um, fantasy league, the Unbeatables Fantasy Basketball League. Basically, Yahoo just decided they didn't want to f- deal with what's happening in the bubble, and so they just shut down the league. Um, Brian's team, the Thingamavic, uh, won with a 14 and 5, tied with a, a, a podcaster. Uh, your favorite podcaster, Paco, uh, Jason Triplett, the Beltway Bombers. Uh, but uh, Brian had more fantasy points. So since there's no playoffs, I think we just send him the asterisk trophy, I think. But shout out, Brian. I suppose I'll agree. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> From Boise, Idaho, out west, is our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? I'd like to shout out the palace of Auburn Hills for uh, giving its most important uh, moment to history. It blew up. Mm. Ooh. It was great. <laughs> we'll link it. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, technically it imploded, but whatever. Sure. Mm. So what's the new one? What's it called? Is it like the... It's a pizza piece Little theme Caesars, going I think, right. right? Yeah, that seems right. And it was pizza. <laughs> Uh, Did you feel some sort of sweet release from the brawl when it went in, uh, imploded on itself? Yeah. I've been watching it on loop the entire time we've been talking. That's why I can't get this shit-eating grin off my face. (laughs) Definitely need a link to that then. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the show, I'd like to remind you that you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. Just click the link at the show notes. A tiny percentage of your sale comes back to us, uh, and it helps support what we do. All right, gentlemen, we have. Uh, what did you say? We passed the Rubicon. Uh, yep. For the, the NBA for this, passed the Rubicon. That's true. Uh, so the 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 league is. Uh, uh, mostly or entirely in Florida. There may be a few stragglers due to uh, health concerns, but uh, everyone's basically in, in the bubble. Um, but I think the first thing the Pacers fans um, may want to uh, talk about is um, that Victor Oladipo has decided he's going to sit out the season. This, the, the reasoning I heard was uh, he, he was concerned about injuries. You know, it's going to be, you know, he was recovering from an injury, came back, uh, played, you know, for a bit. Uh, 13 games, I think, and then, uh, had, you know, then all this time off, and then back into it, and then uh, it's it's a weird sort of cadence. Uh, and I can understand if you're uh, recovering from an injury, how it, it, you could cause more damage that way. Uh, Jason, what do you think about this? You, do you think there's anything else nefarious? You, you know, there's there's been uh, some light chatter that uh, that this could be the end of uh, Oladipo in Indianapolis. Uh, but uh, Colson seems to think that that Oladipo's gone and never coming back because of this. But um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you give do, do you uh, thoughts either way? Well, I tend to be a little bit more uh, optimistic than Colson uh, <laughs> at times, sometimes, not always. But um, no, I mean, I think that you know this situation is is interesting because Oladipo had come back and played. 
Um, however, the injury that he sustained is an odd injury for the NBA, and it's a long injury. And so it makes sense to me that the uh, the precipitous stop in NBA activity followed by a four-month gap, followed by a precipitous increase in NBA activity might not be the best thing for such an injury. And, you know, for Oladipo, who is going to be in a contract year next year, he wants to be in the best position for him uh, doing that. And so I think I think that's the only thing that's going on here. I think that he's just playing it smart. And from the Pacers' perspective... I mean, your hands are kind of tied as a small market franchise, right? Like, first of all, you're never going to say, like, no, that's unacceptable. You have to play, especially in a season where who knows what's going to happen on <laughs> in Orlando, right? Um, but longer term, the Pacers' best chance of getting super-duper star talent is to retain the super-duper star's talent that they have already. Indianapolis is never going to be a free agent destination. The way you're going to get super duper stars in is drafting them, trading for them, and then re-signing them, right? And that requires establishing excellent relationships with your the faces of your franchise and you know, being honest brokers with them, I think. And and so I think that's the way to go. I, I agree with you that the, the franchise has uh, their only option is to let him do uh, whatever he needs to do, whatever he thinks is best for his body. Uh, the NBA has said that, you know, um, nobody's required to go to uh, Orlando, and a lot of people have chosen not to go. There were just a couple things that made me really nervous about this. Um, one, I think, I mean, he's he's beloved by, by his teammates and by uh, the team itself. Uh, he has brought in a positive attitude. You know, he's really been sort of the, the emotional leader of this team since he's been here. Um, and I know that's been really difficult for him while he was injured uh, this, this season in particular. When you decide not to go to uh, – when you decide not to play in Orlando, uh, it doesn't – it seems to me that the team found out through the media and his teammates found out through the media. And mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like a real um, – like we're all on the same page. I'm the beloved emotional leader of this team. It seems a little bit off and made me really nervous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll nod to what you said, Jason. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, he's a professional athlete. This is his job, his career. He needs to do what's best for him. And, and just um, look, 2020 is just a weird, weird time. People need to do what's best for them. And we need to do our best to be understanding of that to the extent that we can. That said, he's making for a very long summer for Chad Buchanan. (laughs) He's going to be taking a lot of phone calls. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the wire is already, you know, full of stories about how it's an open secret that, you know, the Heat want Vic and Vic wants, you know, Miami. Um, you know, I, I saw stuff about, you know, the, the Lakers may covet him uh, and, you know, maybe try and add him and a, a Boogie Cousins and put together sort of a fearsome foursome out there. Uh, I, there's no shortage of people who want Vic on their team, right? Um, and anything that he does, um, 
that's not 100% all in on the Pacers is going to be perceived by other GMs as an opening, right? So that's mm-hmm. like an inevitable outcome, regardless of what his own, you know, motivations are. Joey, what are your thoughts on this? Well, after, you know, seeing this stuff, I mean, you know, sorry, Colson, but I think he's gone. Uh, and oh, after, no. After looking back. You're supposed to talk you know, me off the ledge, Joey. I know, I know. But after looking back, you know, he, he you know, he, when he was saying, this is my city, I think he was talking about doing some uh, a real estate investment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's literally just going to buy the city. He's just yeah, it's it. and then move out of town, right? <laughs> and then move to the beach. So yeah, so the 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 informing the team and the and your fellow players through the media is obviously not a good look. It's also super out of character for Oladipo. Right. So I think that that might have happened in a manner out of his control, like things got leaked or something like that i don't know i mean yeah. i don't know well, all the details of how it g- got to people through the media so i it's hard for me to comment on that um as far as other teams coveting oladipo of course they are oladipo is an excellent basketball player like of course these other teams are are coveting him whether or not he covets these other places like like i said indianapolis is not a free agent destination and it's right. not surprising to me that Oladipo has been in Miami and said, "Boy, it'd be nice to live here and play basketball here." Like, yeah, I, I right. just, I just, I just wanted to, to to trust again, you know. Like, I really, I mean, <laughs> that be okay. It's uh, yeah. You've got to, uh, uh, I'll is your right is your house on fire? No, just no, I, uh, I can just see Catherine now. Oh, okay, 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 we're okay. <laughs> we're on the smoke alarm. Behind That's fine. You. Gotcha. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad everybody's okay. <laughs> just when you were wanting to trust again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I want everything to be okay. Alarms going off. <laughs> Literally going off mid sentence. <laughs> that is not helping my anxiety level. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know we've we've been through this uh, most recently with with Paul George. We had you know a leader uh, of our team who was um, a very gifted athlete, and 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 this guy was our guy, and um, mm-hmm. he left. He led us to consecutive eighth place finishes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What a leader. Storied. <laughs> storied Pacers career. <laughs> he had a chance to be a really good third banana, you know? I mean, he just... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and, you know, that's a building block is all I'm saying. You know, that's a piece. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so when he left, you know, uh, we ended up with, uh, what, you know, at the time, everybody was like, well, what's this package? You know, it's unproven guys. And Victor Oladipo stepped up and became an all-star and also really embraced the city and, um, really changed the culture and became the emotional leader for this team and I thought okay I can settle into this I can I'm ready to sign this guy till he's 30 you know 7 let's just make him let's him have him retire a pacer let's do this we've found a place he's found a place um, and he can be sort of the the centerpiece of the future of this team and now um, I mean He's still going to the bubble, so that's also confusing to me. Like, I, I think he's still trying to be a leader, and I understand him. I understand that this is like you're 
ramping up to play basketball and they're shutting it down and maybe that's bad for injury and you're right this is a rare injury all of that st- stuff makes sense to me um and I, I appreciate that he's going to the bubble i just thought that um there seems to be a disconnect between he and the organization right now um that they were surprised by this and that's what makes me the most nervous like i think it's understandable on its face right but Everybody was assuming, every, you know, uh, Pritchard said this is the best shape I've ever seen him in his life. You know, we're looking forward to go deep in the playoffs. And then this is what happens. So um, I don't know. Makes me nervous. And, and that should be concerning. I think any disconnect between a star player going into a contract here and the front office is scary, especially in a small market. Right. Like, I don't want to say there are objectively better places to play basketball than Indiana. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but a large right. percentage of the league believes that there's better places to play ball than Indiana, right? Yeah. Which is why we don't get free agents, and why losing one without getting anything in return would be just deleterious to our mm-hmm. future efforts to move yeah. up the playoff ladder going forward, right? And so, if we lose contact with Vic, right, and we don't know where his head's at, we run the risk of losing him in free agency. Or, alternatively, pulling the trigger too early and getting a package that, you know, we didn't have to make, right? It's very, very difficult to be the GM of the Indiana Pacers right now. It's a really hard job. But the more you can do to, you know, kind of keep your finger on the pulse of Victor Oladipo, um, you know, the better off you're going to be. Any air, you know, any sort of daylight between the front office and Vic is, is a little scary for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You definitely want your franchise in better touch. But the the fact that this came as such a surprise to the Pacers organization flabbergasted me. Because I was under the impression that this was a distinct possibility. There were articles coming out weeks before he made this decision saying Victor Oladipo is weighing his options going yeah. He's going back to the bubble before he makes like, a decision. Exactly, he's going to make a decision. Like blah, blah, blah. that to me means that there's some sort of doubt that he's weighing options. And if you're, I mean, hopefully this is not the case. But if if the French, if it was a failure of the franchise to touch base with their, <laughs> with their <super laughs> star, then alarms Alarm should be going off. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what's she making, Joe? Five alarm chili. She's making some scallion <laughs> pancakes, uh, but they're. Ooh, I had you know, some you, of those last night. Very high good. heat. Yeah, yeah, it's high heat to, yeah. to make this. Sure. So. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, yeah, but so if it's if it's the franchise that's that is failing here, then that's one thing. Uh, the flip side is, you could read this as Oladipo is going into a contract year next year. So he wants to be in the best position he can be to make the most money possible. He wants possible. to be in peak form, right. incredibly healthy. Right. And the team that can offer him the most money, no matter what, is the Indiana Pacers because he is on our roster. So if he next year comes back full force, is full Victor Oladipo, the Pacers can offer him a Supermax, right? Or like, Maybe not a supermax, but a, a the highest contract, an extra year, um, and more money than any other team. So if he's in it for the money, then the Pacers are in an advantageous position. Whether or not the Simons at all are willing to 
pay money is that's a whole nother question. Well, but I mean, yeah. I, I guess I would argue that regardless of whether Vic play, I mean, I, I think that Vic knows that he's gonna get that money. <laughs> He's going to get that right. offer, regardless of whether he goes and plays in Orlando or not. Like, he knows that. Right. Uh, or at least his agents do and told him that straight up, <laughs> you know? Because, yeah. I mean, if I were Chad Buchanan, I would. I mean, they probably already said something along the lines as close as you can walk to a verbal commitment on that. Like, I don't know what you're allowed to do, but... Right. Um, I, I mean, so I guess my question is, like, do we, do we really think that the organization was that blindsided by this decision? I would. I really would hope not. I don't have any evidence that they were like super in the dark. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, yeah, I mean, Pr- Pritchard was saying like, I mean, you know, they they were like talking every day and stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't I know. I think that's just them saying like we thought he was in, and he's in really good shape. I think that's them just saying like he's he could totally go do this, and we're surprised that he, you know, doesn't want to go play or whatever. Like I. I, I I think that it seems to me. I mean, basically the the um, the franchise went on shutdown. Like they've not addressed this. I mean, you know, they're yeah. they're not talking about it. I think they're heartbroken. I think they're really upset. And I do think really? they got blindsided. Yeah. I mean, that's reading a lot into it, though, right? Until somebody tells me something. Okay, like, fair enough. I'm 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 anxious, and I'm reading stuff into this. <laughs> that's what's what's. I'm a creative worrier, John. <laughs> I'm so glad you don't you don't know how to. I'm glad you don't know how to, to get on Twitter because that's where uh, that's where the stuff is going to make you cry is. Oh no! Yeah, I don't know how to do that. It's fine. I know it's good. Don't tell me what they're saying on Twitter. Well, yeah, and I mean, okay, so to, I guess this is not going to help you out, but so you could read him going to Orlando as like he wants to be a part of the team. He's a team player, like blah blah blah. He wants to cheer the guys on. You could also read it as he's going down to stay at the uh, what does Frank Isola call it? The Tamper Inn. Like uh, mm. <laughs> this is gonna be like I mean this is basically like summer league, but with all the it's all star weekend but with all the players you know, and yeah. all the oh. GMs. It's gonna be fun. I mean you've got everything that you could possibly want besides doubles ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring lots of packs of cards. It's on. Right. <laughs> no, I agree. And I mean the reality is that even. Even if in Oladipo's head he was already off the Pacers, he would still go. Part of his, you know, reputation is being a great teammate and a great leader. Right. He he wouldn't put that on the line regardless of what his intentions were. Like I don't I don't mm-hmm. think his going mm-hmm. there tells us much about his mindset at all. Yeah, I think it's strange for it's got to be strange for the for his relationship with his teammates, though, don't you think? I mean. Um, you know, admitting that he's you know, not not only admitting, I mean, he was healthy enough to play before the s- season shut down. I mean, he's healthy enough to play, and saying I'm not going to play, even though I'm your best player, and we have a chance to, you know, with with this incredibly strange format, like who knows what's going to happen? There's no home court advantage. Like if if a team that catches a hot streak could, you know, get their way to the finals, and and you know, we hadn't really seen what our our very solid team looked like. Uh, with a really healthy Oladipo. Who knows, right? And so to, mm-hmm. to go to your teammates and say, hey, look, I'm healthy enough to play, but I'm choosing not to because well, I'm in it for in the fairness, long In fairness, he didn't say that. Wait, is that in fairness? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 you know, yes, being very cautious. This is, he's taking the long 
um, the long view of this, but I think it's got to be straining on his relationship with his teammates, I would assume. I mean, that's really like an interpersonal thing for the most part, right? So how he deals with that on a personal level, looking dudes in the eye and explaining it is going to go a long way. And I think that once we start hearing from teammates, um, I mean, I think we'll know pretty quick how they feel about it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. historically, these guys, you know, I, they talk about Oladipo and superlatives only. Right? right. And if they're not doing that or they're not talking about him at all, then we'll have our answer. I strongly doubt that's the case, but uh, should that come to pass, you would be very concerned. <laughs> yes. Let's keep a close eye on this, is all I'm saying. That's fair. I, I am with you on that one. I'm not ready to hit the panic button quite yet, though. But, but so, yeah, so what do we think this means for the Pacers as they go into this bubble sitch, which is super weird? <laughs> Yeah. But starting up soon. Get a little. Our last game on the way was uh, March 10th. Right. Uh, We played a team called the Celtics. They're also in the NBA. I know it's been a long time. (laughs) How'd that that game go? Did we lose it, I think? We lost by three, but we'd won the two previous. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, we were like uh, five out of our last six or something. And Oladipo was great in that game, if I recall. Yes. So, all right. So yeah, we've got th- uh, so three scrimmages against other teams. Um, July twenty third, which is eleven days from now, so a little under two weeks, week and a half. Uh, we're playing the uh, hapless Trailblazers. <laughs> um, it's a three thirty tip. Uh, it's a home a game. Scrimmage though, I think it is a scrimmage. Yeah. Um, Are the they going to televise the scrimmages because everybody's uh, desperate for content? I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen. Uh, I don't know if that any all, all that stuff has been decided yet. Um, they will be playing the Mavs on the twenty sixth, and then the Spurs on the twenty eighth. Then August first, the seeding games start. These are real, real basketball games. I can run through the schedule here real quick. Um, Saturday, August first. Taking on the 76ers, uh, August 3rd versus the Wizards. I forgot uh, they were there. So did the Wizards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Was Bradley Beal not playing? Did I see no, that? No, yeah. He He's out. Walls did John out, Wall travel and so with the team? Bertans. <laughs> Bertans. Nope. Nope. So their three uh, best just, players are out, so we're, yeah. we're so, good on So that. we're playing August their 3rd. practice team in a scrimmage game. Right. But yeah. that's the same team that they'll be putting forth <laughs> as at, uh, during their tankathon. In I'm going to go ahead and chalk that one up as a win. That's a bold, <laughs> that is bold, bold. prediction. Uh, so that's actually the beginning of a back-to-back. Whoa. Uh, <sighs> August 4th, playing the Orlando Magic, which I'm assuming they have to, they have to stay in the bubble, right? Yeah, what effect do you think the travel is going to have on a back-to-back? I mean, it's going to be a tough turnaround. And somehow that's a home game for us. It's a road game. We're home against Orlando. It's it's a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Rounding out the schedule, the Suns are on the 6th. Lakers on the 8th. And that one is for sure televised on TNT. Uh, August 10th, playing the Heat. 
and 12th playing the Rockets and the Heat again on the 14th. Boo. So uh, just a real quick reminder uh, where the Pacers ended up uh, at the end of the season. So we were um, 39 and 26, is that correct? Sounds right. Um, and uh, we were tied with Philadelphia with the uh, uh, same record. Uh, we were two games behind the Miami Heat, who were at 41 and 24. Um, and so uh, with eight games, there is a chance to uh, overtake the Heat. Uh, we get to play them twice so that you can gain two, uh, two games on them right there. Um, so that's very much in play to catch the fourth seed. Um, we were four and a half games back from the Celtics. Um, that seems to be quite the big challenge to try to catch them with eight games. We, you know, if we went eight and zero and they went four and four, we still wouldn't catch them. So um, that might be off the table. But but catching the Heat is is on the table. <clears throat> so I mean, the Ringer does give us a point one percent chance at the three seed. So okay, there's that. <laughs> there's that. I'll take it. Of the of the twenty two teams in the bubble, we are fourteenth in strength of schedule, so pretty much in the middle. I I'd take that with a grain of salt. Sure, that's fair. And was that's that fair? But it is like so it, when you consider the fact that like there's only twenty two teams in the bubble, we get to play one two three of the bottom whatever barrel. We get to play three non-playoff teams basically right and the wizards the Ma- i guess the magic are a playoff team technically um <laughs> the magic and the suns right right like as far as schedules could have gone like it could have been sure yeah all juggernauts right you're saying a bradley beal-less wizards is not a juggernaut yeah. Yeah. I'm going there. Walking out on that land. <laughs> I'm I'm writing this down. And Miami's schedule is far more difficult. They're playing uh Denver, Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee. They do get to play Phoenix, but then us twice and, and OKC, right? They're so, number one on strength of yeah. schedule. Raps Raptors are number two. However, the seventy sixers are sitting on twenty one. Yes. So they ended up with a cake schedule outside of having to play us, um, with their opening game um they play san antonio washington uh portland phoenix uh all those teams are not currently in the playoffs um and then orlando toronto and houston and again you already talked crap about orlando so um that that is a very easy schedule which means since we're tied with them there's a chance that they overtake us in the schedule um in the in the standings. so that's why that opening game is quite critical yeah because that could go to a head-to-head or tiebreaker sitch. The ringer actually has us at a 52% odds at the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's the concern, right? And then you have to play Boston in your opening round, which is most likely the, the opponent, right? I'd rather play Miami for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And let Vic get all that networking in? I don't know. Yeah. That's true. No, I I love this idea that that uh, you know what the Pacers can go just beat the snot out of Miami in the first round of the playoffs and then be like Vic, you really want to go there? Right. 
You think great. like Winter Winter gets Oladipo? Is yes, that that's what I'm going with. Okay, <laughs> we were playing for the soul of, of Victor Oladipo. Wow, jeez. <laughs> right. That's what no I'm pressure. rooting for. Yeah. What's interesting is these games are all uh, early, or a mm-hmm. lot of these games are four o'clock tip-offs. I mean, they got to get some work in. Yep. Because they got three stadiums to work with, I think. Yep. Or three arenas. That's right. That's right. And they're, they've got games at like one o'clock every day, too. So the fact that we didn't end up with oh, one of so those. We don't have nice. any one o'clock tip off. Right. That's we good. don't have any one up. Yeah. Yeah. We so. do have a two o'clock, couple two o'clock tips. I don't know what time zone I'm in for this. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> two o'clock. I think that's yeah. your time zone. Yeah. Oh, I think that's four o'clock yeah. Eastern. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> do you not know what time zone you're in currently or just on the internet? <laughs> I, I always assume because I hang out with a bunch of East Coasters that all times are Eastern. That's just right. my moving mm-hmm. assumption. Yeah. But what's funny is at work, I'm, the, I'm like one of two offices that are not on Pacific time. So at work, I'm always on Pacific time. When I hang out with you guys, I'm always on Eastern time. You're so never like, actually in Mountain. I'm never actually. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know where I am. <laughs> Long story short. Your life sounds simple. Yeah. <laughs> As long as your phone knows what time zone you're in, you're probably fine. You need to, yeah, <laughs> lobby for this, like, let's everybody just switch to Greenwich Mean Time. Oh, whatever. I like, totally, we, we were having, whatever, I won't go into it, but I was talking to my compliance office, officer about this last week. I was like, you just need to move everybody to Greenwich. This is ridiculous. It's killing. <laughs> uh, so do we have any predictions? Um, I mean, I know nothing. We have no nothing. We don't. Home court doesn't mean anything. We don't know who's going to be healthy, who's not, who's have. I mean, I mean, who's in shape. I mean, Um, well, so we know. So we will be without Jeremy Lamb and Oladipo. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Malcolm Brogdon did have the coronavirus. I've not heard anything saying that his recovery didn't go fine. So I've read that he's ready to go. He'll be okay. Fine. So is he there yet, a, though? Uh, that I don't know. But we will see some more Aaron Holiday, which is good. Uh, I, I hope he gets the start uh, in Vic's place. Uh, he had played well in that position um, once. Um, coach kind of decided that 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 backcourt with he and um, Malcolm Brogdon was effective. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, T.J. McConnell was getting some of those minutes. Uh, you know, some of those starts. Um, but I think I think coach really likes him off the bench as a as a you know changing the the pace. So I hope that continues. Uh, this is a real opportunity for for Aaron Holiday to to shine. Well, uh, yeah, not just Aaron Holiday. I mean, with Vic sitting out, I mean, I think everyone has to make the best use of this time that they can, including the coaching staff. Make it sure mm-hmm. that we're developing down the right way. T.J. McConnell is T.J. McConnell. He knows how to play the game, and he's good. But, yeah, we got to get Aaron Holiday on the floor in crunch time playoff minutes. That's got to be a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're still learning who Demonis Sabonis is, right? right. I mean, this, this is a guy that was getting better every game, even through March. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First All-Star game. I mean, I, I'm really excited to see this team and what they can do. Uh, the, the rate at which they've been excelling has been impressive. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that in general, um, going into these seeding games, at least, as people are getting their sea legs back under them, I think teams that are more um, 
solid defensively and less reliant on offensive shooting and efficiency are going to be successful especially early on especially in games that no one's ever shot in right (laughs) that's right yeah because i think that offense is a thing that just takes time and rhythm and um familiarity and even though you had played 60 plus games with these guys that was four months ago and that timing and rhythm and familiarity takes a little bit of time to get back i think that that's a good thing for the pacers since we're not that great at offense anyway um, but we're decent at defense and like we um work hard i think that the pacers are a hard working team and i think that that's also going to be super important is people that are intrinsically motivated to uh, perform are going to excel and people that need um, external uh, motivators are going to struggle because it's going to be a weird environment. It's, I mean, it's going to be really strange. I mean, this is the first experiment. I mean, that we've ever had watching guys play with out of, crowd in real game time conditions right i mean are guys just going to shoot 70 percent from everywhere because there's no crowd i mean mm. i'm pretty sure that's not the case but it's going to make me feel crappy as a fan to find out that i have not affected anything ever <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry harper but i have news for you <laughs> maybe they'll all shoot 30 percent because they don't have the fans cheering them on yeah it's true mm. could be yeah I'm I'm most excited for the chatter. It's going to be really interesting to to hear more from these guys on the court. What they let us hear, at least. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? Put it on a seven-second delay, I guess. And yeah, I mean, that's all you can do. Mute things, which I'm fine with, as long as we can hear the other stuff. I mean, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, they can turn down the mics all together and then put the unedited on ESPN Ocho or whatever, and I'll go watch that. It's fine. <laughs> sure. Me, you know. It's a family sport, remember? It's in Disney World. And Kevin Garnett's not going to be out there, so it shouldn't be that bad. <laughs> <It's> you <know. laughs> Minimal serial talk going on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be. Uh, it, it should be fun, you know. I think uh, kind of no matter what happens, it, it'll it'll be fun. It'll be basketball. It'll, it'll be, be basketball. it'll be basketball. Yeah, yeah it's going to uh, be fun. Well, you know, there's yeah, there, there's going to be so much. You know, there's like yeah, like you said, four month gap. There's going to be just a big discontinuity for everybody, and you know, hopefully by you know the conference finals, teams will be back in stride. Uh, but that's going to be a, a little ways out. Do we get to knock off uh, work early for these uh, four o'clock games? Uh, you're <laughs> I think to, it depends on who your boss. Yeah, is. you gotta oh, talk okay, to right. your boss, buddy. And what time zone you're in? <laughs> yeah. Does Harper get to leave at at two, two. o'clock? <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. You're also not his boss. <laughs> I wish he was. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'll, I'm, I gotta go put this fire out. It's been going the whole time. So <laughs> <laughs> you're such a professional. You just just <laughs> yeah. stay on the job. <laughs> just dialed it. <laughs> Things burning, <laughs> burning around you. Yeah. Nothing this, to see here. This is fun. <laughs> 
cool. Uh, yeah, well, let's take five. Uh, we'll be back in the second half with my stat of the week, and uh, we'll see what else we get into. kick off the second half of the show here with my stat of the week joey stat of the week so this show you know i saw something uh an interview that was uh involved some things that were near and dear to me um over on uh, ars technica one of my favorite uh, tech websites they had a video interview with uh, a gentleman ma- named mark termel and he was the lead developer on the original uh, arcade version of NBA Jam. Which mm. so you guys have all probably played uh, lots of in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. It was just a cool interview, you know, just kind of going over the development process of the game. Like, you know, games like that hadn't been made before. You know, just like the sort of digitized faces, like that didn't exist really until right around that time. That, that technology was just coming out. Like, I think Mortal Kombat was another one like that, sort of using those digitized uh, pictures, uh, mo- sort of motion capture type of thing. So they used that uh, method to, to make that game. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's a cool cool interview. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. But uh, there's some interesting things I thought were in there. Um, uh, Jordan was supposed to be in the game, but right before it came out, uh, he he uh, pulled out and uh, did his own like sort of digital uh, licensing. Um, so he was not in the game, but there it, it was like far enough along in the process that some of the development units that they had out in the public um, actually had him in there. So uh, you know, mm. floating around Chicago, you might be able to find one that that has him in there. Um, and this may not surprise you, but it was a big hit with the players, um, and some of the guys were were upset that they weren't in the game so like gary payton was one like he was a rookie i think the year it came out um but he was like super into being in the game so they actually made a custom version just for him Uh, (laughs) and then they shipped that out to him that's pretty dope yeah um but a couple things on the stats is you know you you may not you may have noticed this and you may have suspected it at least but um games like this um they they use a feature called rubber banding, uh, which is when somebody gets up with a, a big enough lead, then 
uh, they won't let you get too far. Then all of a sudden, the 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 team that's losing starts to get a little hotter. Get all you get all to, lucky bounces. Yeah, you, you get all the lucky bounces, and then your your hot shooters uh, on the good te- on the on the winning team may not uh, may not hit all those shots. Um, so that's real. Like that's coded into the game, um, and it also turns out like for um, arcade games. You know, if you're playing against your friend, like you're gonna probably stop pumping in quarters when you're down 15 at the end of the first quarter. So, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of makes sense. Um, but two two other things I thought were pretty interesting about this uh, interview. One one was, uh, uh, and this is crap, and and I don't know if this has been confirmed for other versions of the game, but at least in the original arcade version, um, so the the creator uh, was from Michigan. And, uh, you know, Harper, you were mentioning uh, the palace. Well, uh, the place he worked was in, in Chicago. The Midway Games was the uh, company that was making it. And um, so he coded into the game that if the Pistons were playing the Bulls uh, and, you were, and you, were as the, you were playing as the Bulls, Chicago would miss a buzzer beater every time. Yep. Every time. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that awesome? I think it's. Great. I mean, you shouldn't play as the Bulls. Exactly. That should be. <laughs> screw Chicago. I mean, but I mean, it's and to screw help Detroit too. Honestly, I, I guess. Right. I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, when I saw the story, it was like, yeah, the Pistons were just a straight up cheat <laughs> back on NBA <laughs> jams. I was like, ah, oh, it's garbagey, but I didn't have the context that Jordan was in until he wasn't. Eh, it makes yeah. it a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> and for an actual stat, um, they uh, they earned over a billion dollars in quarters in the first year that this was in the arcades, which I think is un- unbelievable. Jeez, I have no sense of scale. Like what did? I don't know what other ones are doing. I honestly, I don't know what other Mortal ones are doing, Kombat but or something like do in the first year. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but a billion dollars yeah. is a lot of money. That's, yeah. Even now, that's a lot of money. Right. Sure. Yeah. That's a uh, lot how much does a, a billion quarters or a billion dollars in quarters weigh, I think? Billion dollars in quarters weigh? <laughs> <laughs> that's the undegoogable for the week. <laughs> yeah. There are so many drug dealers who wish they got into their arcade game in the late 90s. <laughs> what a money laundering scheme that would have been. Okay, so a million dollars in quarters is uh, 22,680 kilograms. I don't know. What uh, that could means. you convert that to English? <laughs> exactly. A thousand times that. Just add three zeros to the end. And that's right, but I don't know what kilograms are, quarters. so. You know. Yeah, a kilogram's like two point two pounds. Two pounds, yeah. So okay. you're basically so basically thousand pounds. It. It's like forty five, forty six, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That seems like that's a, a million. That's a million dollars. So a right. billion would be a uh, hundred times that. A thousand times that. A thousand times that. Yeah. Right. So there's your answer. Several seven forty sevens. Right, a lot of elephants. Million, Forty-five million pounds. Wow. How many seven forty-sevens is that? 
<laughs> how, many, how many Big Macs inside is 747? I'm having trouble Googling that. So uh, <laughs> there's a there's a little uh, furniture store uh, across the way from the apartment, and uh, they have a, a mini golden tea. Like, it's not like a full, like, arcade golden tea, but, like, it's like a miniature arcade golden mm-hmm. tea. Mm-hmm. And um, if it took quarters, I was going to buy it and just have my friends come over and just make a billion dollars in quarters off my friends. That was my plan. But, but it's you just it's, buy it and You just plug it in, though. <laughs> <laughs> but how am I going to make a billion dollars in quarters? Venmo. We'll figure yeah. out it differently. To make okay. Quarters. Well, I'll think about it. Lord. Right. Does it might have to go in the wager bathroom. Wager a guess at how much a 747 weighs. Uh, sure. Let's see. 747. Is it fueled or unfueled? Uh, maximum takeoff weight. So fully okay. fueled and people specs. Fully loaded. Max specs. with with a with uh, a, a bunch of Americans in tow. <laughs> correct. That's right. And all the coffee makers and all the things that yes. I'm gonna say. 300 tons or something like that. So, what is that? 600,000 pounds? That's a really good guess. It's 735,000 pounds. Wow. We make that fly in air. (laughs) Is that why it's called a 737? Uh, It's a 750. I'm going to go with no. Okay. But 735,000 pounds. That's wow. That's a lot. That was That's a good crazy. guess, Jason. That was a very Thanks. good guess. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know where to even begin. I would have been off by like an that. order of magnitude. Well, so, yeah. so, with, uh, so this is, so my my dad was a, a, a mailman and he used to drive uh, those old mail trucks, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those were two ton, they called those things like, in the parlance were two ton trucks or something like that. So I was like, okay, so that's two tons and a 757 is say, I don't know. Yeah. 300 of them was my guess. That's why I put it in tons first. Nice. Yeah. Very impressive, sir. Is this the, the LLV, uh, postal truck? Like the quintessential, like sort of squarey one. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Okay. yeah. Yeah. So there was, uh, there was some uh, uh, stories recently about how these things are just catching on fire like all the time. They <laughs> <laughs> missed some safety recalls at some point. <laughs> well, no, they, like they're out of like they, they don't make them most anymore. Most of them out, I think. Yeah. yeah, they don't make them anymore. But the LLV is a long life vehicle, so I, the idea is they just keep fixing these things. Um, but I think they are on like like I, there's a lot of them. You know, it's a whole fleet for the whole country. Um, but there was like I don't know, like several per day were catching on fire. Uh, so there mm. was some stories recently about like some uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, requests were put in to to get information about these. So apparently there's this whole rabbit hole of. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just envisioning the mail truck just in a ball of flame pulling up to your mailbox and the guy putting in the mail and just keeps going (laughs) (laughs) it's just like you know over that many years of carrying that much mail you're just gonna get a lot of dust and like like is there such a thing as like paper lint you know 
Sure. That just gets caught up. Yeah. You know how your dryer is a is a fire <laughs> See, hazard. They, were, they uh, weren't uh, they weren't cleaning the filters enough. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! There's a website that like lists all the fires. We have to link to that now. Yeah, I no, know. I will. Oh, no, there's. I'll put this in the chat. <laughs> if you like pictures of postal postal vehicles on fire, I've got a good. Place I mean, for you. I don't, but I like pictures of things on fire. Sure. <laughs> uh, oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. So. <laughs> he said we, we, we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Um, all right, guys. So my question for you uh, was: so the, there's the like sort of British saying um, of "bloody." Everything's a oh, bloody this, bloody this, bloody that. Like it's clearly not meant. You know, it's an exclamation of something that's, it's like a, a exasperation or, or, you know, it's sort of a negative connotation or, I, you know, you know it when you hear it, I guess. But um, it's not literal, generally, uh, that I, I hear it. It's not, there's no blood. Hmm. Um, what the heck is that? Do you, do you guys know where that came from and why that sticks around? Um, I, so for me, I guess I thought that bloody, like, not necessarily a curse word, but like mm-hmm. very, Bloody very hell. strong language. Right. Yeah. Like you don't say it on TV. Right. Like, yeah. And so I think that the coral, my thought was that the correlation between, yeah, something that went horribly bloody wrong, like in a literal sense, mm. somehow carried over. Um, but I don't know if there was some. I mean, there must have been a literary event that sparked it, right? So, I guess I'm going Shakespeare. Mm. But you're so you're saying you think like something like um, there was a mishap and it was there was it was blood a everywhere. bloody disaster, right? A mm-hmm. literally a bloody. disaster. So you're saying that was like a blood, like a literal bloody thing, sort of that that idea. Okay. But it becomes a curse no. word because the event was so horrific that it's kind of taboo to refer to it. Is that? Is that what your speculation is here? That's the interesting question, right? Like, how does that word become so pejorative that it's, like, not said in polite company? Right. Yeah, like the idea that you you don't even want to bring up the possibility of something bad, that bad going Mm. on, somebody getting hurt or whatever. Like, like, uh, yeah, like, so when when you say, like, bite your tongue or something like that after you say a potential Mm -hmm. bad thing or something like that, like... Uh, yeah. That's so, does this have to be like an embarrassing, like British massacre or something that they're not allowed yeah. to talk about? Does it have to be oh. an event that's taboo? Are you are you clapping for me? Or are you? <laughs> I was killing a gnat. Killing um, which which I did not successfully do. Um, but um, no, I my assumption is that it is a some sort of historical thing with um, one of the royalty, right? I mean, this is is this is this a Bloody Mary situation sort of thing? Like, um, is this uh, um, you know we be you know one of Henry VIII's um, beheaded wives, you know something like that? Um, yeah. What is Bloody Mary? Does that go back to an actual historical figure? <clears throat> yeah, that was my understanding. <laughs> Clearly, I know the answer. 
I'll have to Google that. Well, it's, it, don't Google anything yet. Just okay. Put it on hold. Because that will throw you out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or I mean, let's go back to the. I mean, I guess the plague wasn't really like a bloody affair. It's more of it? a pustule affair, I believe. Yeah, it was pustule. Right. Pustulous affair. Back to the Crusades, maybe? Ooh, there you go. That yeah, was but they really were bloody. very proud of what they did there. True. True. Uh, but but I do like the idea that it's that it could be religious. That could make it taboo too, right? So this is actually a, like a, um, oh, like the blood of Christ or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's the answer, right? Because it, it that's what makes it a curse word. As we're sort of it's sort of like saying Jesus Christ it's a form or something. Of sacrilege. Like that. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, that's a good. I like Bloody Mary a lot. There was wasn't that a, a, a thing when we were kids? Like there was a mm-hmm. stare in the mirror and say Bloody mm-hmm. Mary three times thing. That was feels it, like was it, it could t- be a British holdover. Wasn't it Mary Queen of Scots? Wasn't she the one who got murdered and that she's the Bloody Mary? I'm just speculating now. I mean, she got murdered by the state. I mean, she got executed, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And again, I mean, so for Scotland, right? Right. That would be like a huge event. Maybe the derivation's not actually English. Maybe it's Scottish. That's actually a very good possibility. Hmm. Hmm. Although, was Mary Queen of Scots actually from Scotland? Or is Scots like some place yes. in like. Yeah, no, she was from Scotland. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> My British history sucks. My American history is bad. My British history sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we, we've narrowed it down to it's either some something with royals, a Mary Queen of Scots thing, or uh, um, a, a tremendous tragedy in British history, like right? That. Or yeah, it's the blood of Christ or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Joe, you've but thought about most this likely more than we it have. was it was codified by Shakespeare. I'm, I'm right, sure. right. <laughs> Joe, you've thought about this probably more than we have. What are, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I guess like I, I mean, I always get like a sort of I always think of like something like with literal blood, but you know, it, it, um, but like the phrase I hear the most is a like, bloody hell. Um, yeah. Yeah. And. Also that doesn't religious. make any. Uh, which, uh, yeah, I guess, mm-hmm. I, I guess, yeah. If if you could, I mean, some of the, you know, um, some of those art, you know, art from, the, you know, back in the days, there was, uh, so, um, lots of hellscapes, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with uh, you know torture and whatnot and stuff being go- going on there. But um, so you think like a Dante, sort of like uh, the circles of hell. Uh, it's a harmonious Bosch. Is that my guy? Yep. Yeah, that, um, like famous, uh, ridiculous painting of yep. all the yeah, yeah, all the hells, all yeah. the hells. Um, I don't. I mean, I I never. I sort of got those are like sort of my associations with it. But beyond that, I had I had nothing. You know, I don't I don't pretend to understand how the British people think. Um. You know, Brexit was was uh, proof of that. You know, I thought <laughs> thought I knew what they were going to do, and they did not do it. Yeah, I mean, 
British people don't pretend to know how British people think most of the time. <laughs> no. Um, so that would, that would involve prying on your neighbor, and exactly, you don't want to do that, you know, or showing some form of emotion, emoting. Right. It's no good. Yeah. <laughs> or flavoring your food, you know. Right. So, are, are we? Uh, do we want to give this a? I mean, it's based on our guesses so far, what's our time frame then? Are we? Are we talking? Middle eight by the Middle Ages at the latest, I would think, right? Like twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth century. Okay, so that would be pre Shakespeare. What do you think? You're better on these timelines than I am. I mean, so my intuition is always to go for Shakespeare on these things, but I, I really like so the that's more like the Bloody Mary thing a lot. And now we're talking like eighteenth century, right? Yeah. So that's much later. It'd be quite a bit later. later. So, wait, Coulson, you've read all the Shakespeare. <laughs> sure. I, not not all the Shakespeare. Does he say bloody I don't... You're I, a man of Well, the no, theater. this is the thing. I, I, um, I'm not a huge Shakespeare scholar by any means, but I don't believe that Shakespeare's using the term bloody. I, I, I mean, maybe it's not happened, metaf- but like... I, I, I agree. It's not like a thing that he... And like he... Clearly, he was not afraid to curse. Like that's not sure. And he, yeah, and he invented a bunch of language. I mean, yeah. it's possible that this is, but I, I'm not. You know, I'm with you. I don't remember this from like. I mean, of course, there's like Macbeth and stuff, but that's not. I mean, if Shakespeare did it, it could be maybe an offshoot of that. But like, it's not something that he used in his vernacular that I can remember. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, I'm, I'm agreeing with that. If that's the case, then, yeah, I, th- I think this Bloody Mary, Queen of Scots situation is maybe the... Feel strong. Feel strong. The only, th- the only argument I'm going to make is that I do feel like potentially it's religious, and that's why it's such a taboo word. Well, I mean, the, the I entire like- Henry VIII thing was religious, right? He's breaking up with wives and created a new church so he could divorce these people and then murder them. Like... He's an insane person. <laughs> sure. Right. Sure. He literally created a new church. Yeah. Yeah, and if it were a religious thing, like, I feel like Shakespeare would have caught on to that. Like, that would have been in the the parlance of his time, you know? Perhaps. Yeah, but, like, I don't think he's, you know, uh, what's what's a... Um, what's a movie that's, like, with a bunch of British cursing in it? I mean, like... Uh, Snatch or whatever, right? Like, sure. Like, I don't feel like he was trying to go for that aesthetic Shakespeare. I mean, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I agree, but I don't know how that makes the point that you're trying to make. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, it could have been, it could have been around, but that wasn't the aesthetic he was working on, right? The term could have been there already, is what I'm saying. I mean, he was using the popular vernacular. I mean, that's part sure. of yeah. sure, sure. I. My, my word of warning is this. This kind of consensus is rare, and whenever it happens, we're just completely 100%. We're way wrong. It's yeah, some German <laughs> import from, like, Charlemagne okay. or something. It's a blood shit. sausage thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's French is what we're getting That's at. Right. All right. We ready? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is it Falcons? 
Use of the uh, adjective okay. bloody as a profane intensifier. So basically, it's like the F-bomb. Right. Predates uh-huh. the 18th century. Its ultimate origin is unclear, and several hypotheses have been suggested. It may be a direct loan from the Dutch. Um, blah, blah, blah. I'm reading that after the 18th century until quite recently, bloody used as a swear word was regarded as unprintable, probably from the mistaken belief that it implied blasphemous reference to the blood of Christ, mm. or that the word was an alteration of by our lady, mm-hmm. hence widespread caution in using the term even in phrases such as bloody battle, merely referring to bloodshed. Also, by our lady is common in Shakespeare plays. Uh, Not for nothing. It's like, for those who aren't reading this, B-Y apostrophe R is how that's spelled. Byer Lady. Okay. What? What is this? The contracted form of Byer Lady. Or Byer Lady. What is that? I I guess I don't... Uh, I mean, now you're going to make me... allows you to stay in iambic pentameter. (laughs) 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 By Our Lady. Okay. Apparently, uh, you know, for... uh, Apparently they were too lazy to say complete words back then. Didn't have yeah, time. It seems like something happened in the mid 18th century. And yeah, until at least the 18th century, the word was used innocuously. So yeah. again, we're looking for like that. I mean, we kind of nailed that we're looking for a big event, but that event seems elusive somehow. Yeah. That's odd. That is super odd, right? Okay, uh, Bloody Mary has nothing to do with Mary Queen of Scots at all. Oh, okay. Good. Of course we were wrong on that. Uh, so it says it's... Uh, we, we were... I mean, that's... Um, that's the first thing that comes up on Wikipedia, that that's a thing. But apparently it's traced to a waitress named Mary who worked at a Chicago bar called The Bucket of Blood. <laughs> Names that place that I don't know. And according I, I, to uh, vampire bar, there's a place called the Bluck, Bucket of Blood. Um, in what was the name of that town? When I was living in California, we did this race around Lake Tahoe, and it was like one of these uh Uber marathon races or whatever, where uh, you have a team of like 12 people or whatever. Anyway, the first half of, we like ended in the city, which I can't remember, but you would go and get drinks at the Bucket Blood. That was the bar. Yeah. Alright. Anyway, okay, so Mary's a cocktail waitress at the Bucket of Blood. Yeah, and apparently um, uh, the tradition at Harry's New York Bar in Paris uh, is that one of the patrons for whom the cocktail was first mixed in 1920 declared that it looks my, like my girlfriend who I met at the cabaret at the Bucket of Blood. Um, so the patrons uh, and the bartender Agreed to call it Bloody Mary. So, as far as bloody, uh, just a couple footnotes here. The Oxford English Dictionary likes the theory that it arose from aristocratic rowdies, known as, quote, bloods. Hence, bloody mm. drunk means drunk as blood. Mm. Okay, yeah. So, we still something happened in the mid-18th century <clears throat> to turn it from innocuous to, like, Super vulgar. I feel like and it was just like Victorian England, right? Like, yeah, could be. Yeah, somebody just decided like 
No. We're not saying that. Somebody just decided. (laughs) The Pope, maybe. Yeah. The Queen. The the Pope always up in our business. Does that satisfy you, I think Joey? So. I mean, what does yeah, the Urban we... Dictionary have to say here? <laughs> <laughs> so many quick. things. I don't know, but I do know what the July 11th word of the day is on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> What's that? It is mask hole. And the definition is selfish idiots in my neighborhood who think they don't need to wear a mask. And there's another one I like, uh, smize. That's smiling with your eyes. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Which is what you have to do if you're wearing a mask. If you're not a mask hole, you need to smize. Colson, can you use smize in a sentence? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great effort. Great yeah. effort. Well done. Is it what is this a contractor year for you? Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this one out. You're gonna sit um, out the rest of the. Uh, yeah. See if I can season. get a big. I want to be sure I'm healthy for next season. That's all I'm saying. You you are gonna get a uh, undebeatable supermax. Uh, <laughs> good, good. Next time. Is, is that is that tampering by you telling me that right now? Mm, I don't think there's like podcasting. Uh, yeah. Uh, what is it, Supermax I mean, now? To the an 18 pack of hams? Yeah. <laughs> to the extent that we're tampering, we're just trying to drive up your value for a trade. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the sign of trade. <laughs> All right, team. Uh, I think it's time to get running. Uh, we'll be back with you probably next week or the week after. Because then um, we're going to have basketball. Basketball is We're going to have like. Uh, real legitimate uh, asterisk NBA basketball. <laughs> yeah, care, careful about all those so legitimate comments. <laughs> but we will talk about whatever happens, so that that much you can count on. I'm excited. Um, this uh, we we were really uh, starting to, I think, uh, embrace and fall in love with this new team, this new cast of characters uh, playing quite well, even without Oladipo. I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, I say let's go all the way to the finals. Let's shock the world in this in this uh, bubble. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, bubble shock. Bubble shock. Hell yeah. That sounds like a. Is that like a shot that you've made at some point? I'm I'm, I'm going to make one now, probably. Okay. Based on we're going to name it the that. Bubble shock. Or bloody bubble shock. It's kind of uh, hard to say. Mm. Got to learn somewhere. <laughs> We're just right. gonna, we're gonna have to put the uh, explicit warning on this show, right? Because we said bloody mm. like forty five times. Can we do it just explicit for the UK? Is that possible? In Australia, we can claim it's just uh, a lot of blood we're talking about. <laughs> Claiming that to our censors. Yeah. Uh, all right, we will be back with you soon until we are there uh you can hit us up on social media we're on twitter at undebeatables um make sure to send your tweets there to tell colson why victor oladipo will never see another game in the pacers uniform um we're on facebook.com slash the unbeatables our website the unbeatables.com and there's a contact form there you can send us a message 
and you can send us an email shout out at the unbeatables.com for a one- t-shirt for sale <laughs> <laughs> for a once and always coach Bobby Sick Leonard now in the hall of fame turn out the lights the party's over that was bloody succinct I liked it <laughs> <laughs> don't leave us Vic we love you. Yeah. <laughs>